So Smarties, today we are excited to bring back this episode for you titled Why You Should Do Educational Therapy Over the Summer. This episode probably aired in 2019. And so we thought it would be good to sort of revisit this, especially as we're entering into those summer months. I think that oftentimes there's a misunderstanding that ed therapy is slow over the summer, and that's not the case in either one of our practices. And so we wanted to bring this back to you to kind of give you something to consider. We need to remember that the kids that continue educational therapy over the summer are far better prepared for the fall. And we get reports of how much easier life is at home when they have continued over the summer. So we just thought, "Mm, this is one of those moments. It would be good to remind everyone. It's kind of like when you don't do your summer reading all summer and then you do it all at the last second and cram and then you don't do well on the test or the essay. That happens to a lot of students. I was probably one of those. (laughs) I wasn't. For the record, I did all my summer work in like the first couple weeks of summer so I could just enjoy my break. Yeah, but then did you remember everything? No, but it was usually fine. Anyway, we just thought this would be a really good opportunity to revisit educational therapy over the summer. So let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Kapp. And it's summertime. The title of this episode is why you should do educational therapy over the summer. So why should you? Yeah, I was thinking last year we did what to do with your child over the summer. Episode nine. Episode nine. And this one is why you should do educational therapy over the summer. Mm -hmm. Because I think we really wanted to get into what educational therapy can do in the summer, which is different from during the school year. Yes. It's so hard during the school year. All the things are happening. You're doing all the activities. There's a lot of pressure. You guys are stressed as parents. And the teachers are stressed because they're cramming in all this information before testing, you know, just all the things basically, right? Mm -hmm. And when you get to the end of the school year, kids are so burnt out. Mm -hmm. And what's magical about doing educational therapy over the summer is that there isn't the pressure of school. So you can do a lot of things in that time period, and it's going to be very different from the rest of the school year. The vibe over the summer in our offices, I think we dress more relaxed over the summer. Yeah. Kids aren't feeling the pressure. If you go back to episode, I think, 37, when we talked about how educational therapy works... In the first phase of educational therapy, which is the assessment phase, the image at the bottom of that logo, of that framework that we created, is the fire is burning. Yes. Over the summer, and then in the second, the fire isn't burning anymore in the building phase of ed therapy. And then in the third phase, which is the competency phase of ed therapy, it's like a luscious forest. Mm-hmm. You guys, there's no burning fires over the summer. No. You it's can so go nice. directly to building that luscious forest, so to speak, and getting kids to the point where they are going to start off the year with much more independence and autonomy than they did the previous year. It's a time to skill build. 
without the pressure of like a deadline set by the teacher. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing that I love about doing it over the summer is that we're doing remediation and we can do it in chunks. And instead of using schoolwork to remediate, we get to pick, we get to pick our own curriculum. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what makes it so fun. So last summer I did a board game with yeah. a kid and his goals were working on reading, executive functioning, writing. It had all the pieces of planning out this board game and we played it. We probably play it once a month, maybe once every other month still since then. Every once in a while he said, I want to play my game and he'll pull out all the pieces And I had a kid plan a trip last summer Mm -hmm. and she was working on math and executive functioning and all of that. And so I think those kinds of assignments are really fun for me Mm -hmm. because I really like being able to spark a little joy in Mm -hmm. what the kids want and how they want to learn. It's fun for them too. I, you know, they come in and and get excited to, you know, pull out their stuff the minute they walk in to work on whatever it is we're working on. And that's, that's so fun. That I love that. I love the schedule of summer. So usually we mostly see clients from like 2.30 on yeah. in the day, which is great because for me, I'm not a morning person. My joke is I don't function before 11. <laughs> and um, that's only a half joke, guys. <laughs> We don't record before 11. I don't do meetings before 11. (laughs) That's kind of the luxury of this life that I have going right now. And I'm well aware of it. Because when my friends are at work and I'm like, I'm still in pajamas, it's, you know. Yeah. Or you have kids. Or they have kids. And yeah. Yeah. So we're pretty like, we're meeting this kid at this time on this day. And over the summer, because kids are coming in and out, they're doing different things. They're going on trips. They're at camps. We can go three weeks without seeing a kid and then see them for a week and we get so much done in that week. It's fun for me because every day is really different and I like it. I also work fewer days. Mm -hmm. I cram more into fewer days because Adam and I have decided that Mondays are going to be beach Mondays because he gets a lot of Mondays off in his production schedule and nobody's at the beach on Mondays. So It's more fluid for us, too, and not having that pressure. But a big part of our job is communicating with other professionals on the team. There's no one to communicate with over the summer, right? Yeah, it's a lot less. It alleviates that kind of energy in our lives. And so the other reason you want to consider doing educational therapy over the summer is because you'll be guaranteed, most likely, to be on somebody's schedule for the fall. We all get really busy in the fall. And so being with us over the summer, the way I kind of do it is like whoever was on my schedule at the end of spring, and then I go to who came into the practice over the summer, and then it's new people, newer clients, right? Because if I've already started a relationship with somebody, that matters, right? It definitely matters. So there's an advantage there, and you can like have that conversation about what the fall schedule is going to look like, especially if you already know. At the end of the school year, teachers often will give you feedback on things that your student or your learner can work on over the summer. So we have this kind of guidelines and we all know, right? 
Yeah. And, you know, I think that it's important to, I was talking to a parent about it yesterday, actually. I think it's important to remember that you are maintaining some skills. Yeah. And they might look a little different on how we're maintaining them, but we're still maintaining them. Mm -hmm. You know, for instance, a kid that I'm seeing in math for math remediation, if there's big breaks between when I don't see her, I constantly have to revisit the ideas in order to get them to stick. And so if there's a long period of time where I don't see her, then we have to back up and I have to go back further Mm -hmm. because it hasn't stuck and I have to keep working on it. So sometimes it's just about maintaining a little bit. They're traveling a lot over the summer. So I might do a zoom call or I might see them when they're in town and that's okay because we're having the check-ins and being aware because I really like to talk to the kids about being aware of what they are struggling with or what they feel Mm -hmm. like they've forgotten and need Mm -hmm. to revisit. So I think that's a really important thing. The other thing is that I've had feedback from parents that have continued with educational therapy over the summer, and they have told me that it made the transition back to school so much easier for everyone. Mm-hmm. So it was the parents, for the kid, for the teachers who didn't know the kid, but it was just an easier way to transition into the next year. And Especially if it's a major transitional year. You hear us talk about this all the time. So if it's changing schools, changing between elementary and middle, middle and high school, high school and college, all of those things are really great to use that as a jumping off point to know that that mm-hmm. in the fall, it'll just make everything easier. I couldn't agree more. I've had, as we're like sitting and talking about this, I've had two conversations with parents about kind of what this summer plan is. I've had several conversations, but these two struck me as interesting. The first was with a parent whose child is going away to camp for a month, and then she has like a week in LA, and then they're going on vacation. And I said, I want to see her in that week. Mm -hmm. Let's make it happen in that week, which is like mid-July, let's say. And then coming back into the school year to pick it up, maybe see her a little more frequently during like the two, three weeks prior to school starting. And she's like, is it really worth that week in the middle of summer? And I was like, yes. Mm -hmm. What this kid is working on, she happens to be working on math. She happens to be working on mindset around math. And for her, coming back into it and having a moment where she has to Mm -hmm. reckon Mm -hmm. with the math, for lack of a better term, will continue to build our goals. If we let her just have seven or eight weeks where she doesn't have to deal with it, it's going to be rough. Yeah. And the feelings are going to be big. Yeah. And we're going to regress a little bit, but we're not going to go back to where we were two years ago, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. And it's so true because just those check-ins, it's, you know, it's just like going to get your physical, right? You have to go yearly. Even if you're feeling great, you should still go check in. Make sure things are working properly, and then you have some more time before you have to go back. Absolutely. And it's something that we talk about. Memory is constantly revisiting the same information over a long period of time. So it will reinforce all the wins that she had 
this coming year and kind of set the stage for what's going on next year. The second conversation that I had was with a family of a high school student who really needs to spend some time developing his own plan for the writing process. What works for him in pre-writing, which by the way, reading comprehension is included in pre-writing. What works for him in the brain dump of the first draft or the outline or getting his thoughts on like, there's so many different strategies that we could implement for all that. And if you're interested in hearing some of our writing strategies, we will link those episodes in the show notes as well. But summer's a really beautiful time to select a book that feels interesting to the student mm-hmm. and to throw some spaghetti at the wall and see what works and what doesn't work without the pressure of a deadline. And this student is a rising senior. So, you know, those college essays are coming up and we might be doing some of that, which does have a deadline, but it doesn't have a looming deadline, right? Sometimes we feel like we don't have enough time in ed therapy and summer gives us the luxury of time. It really does. I see students for longer periods of time sometimes, like for time and a half sessions or double sessions. There's so much that we can accomplish with ed therapy over the summer. So Smarties, we hope that you took something away from listening to us talk about why you should do educational therapy over the summer. And if you're a parent, I hope that you and your learners can, you know, listen to episode nine and do something together. If not, we really do encourage you to continue working with whomever you're working with over the summer. And let us know if you have any questions. If you want to work with us, how do people work with us, Steph? If you would like to work with me, Steph, in Redondo Beach or virtually, you can go to my website, www.myedtherapist.com. Or if you'd like to work with Rach in Beverly Hills or virtually, you can go to her website for CAP Educational Therapy Group, and it's www.capedtherapy.com. Yes. And we both have it set up that you sign up for a phone call on our websites, and then we will call you. Somebody will call you <laughs> and get that process going for you all. We both do virtual virtual sessions, and we both have teams that are a little more specialized as well. Other educational therapists or learning specialists or content area specialists working for us and as a part of our work families. So we're ready to serve and we're ready to partner and we're ready to make the next school year a real joy for everybody involved. For sure. Right? Yeah. And just have fun and learn and love learning. And learning smarter. Yeah. Learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> have a great week, Smarties. Have a great week, Smarties.